I mean, it, you can't polish a turd no matter what you do. That's the sad part about it. It's never going to change. Tell us how you really feel. Well, that's just basically how I feel. I mean, obviously, Indian did something right. They built a real machine and look what they're doing. Episode 30, Tank Slap Podcast. Back at it, Springfield weekend pre talk show before Springfield with Sneaky Sam co hosting as always. What's up, man? <laughs> What's happening, Corey? Uh, you ready for Springfield? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's a big circle. I mean, what is it? The straightaways are the same length as the corners. Left, straight, left, straight. Just keep doing that for. What is it? Eight minutes? Ten minutes? Yeah, it what 50, is it? Twenty-five laps, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh, man, now 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 I'm drawing a blank. Ten. Is it ten, ten plus ten. two? Ten plus two. That's right. It's ten plus two. For but, our hey, class. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Springfield, man, it's uh, you know, the track's gonna be good. So at least you got that to look forward to, right? Yeah, actually, it's kind of crazy. The last few years, we've actually had a middle of the racetrack groove kind of not really a groove we kind of like last year would go in middle and come off high it was kind of a weird weird deal both both days last year were pretty unique so it'll be interesting to see if the track goes back to kind of how it used to be like a lockdown groove around the bottom or if it's gonna be slice each other's front wheels off into the corner (laughs) dip it off you know off the high line coming off the corner so yeah we'll see man it's uh it's yeah we'll we'll touch upon springfield here in a bit but yeah our you know episode 30 we uh we talked to pegram not too long ago was it two episodes ago and we mentioned we wanted to get scott stump on guess what baby we're getting him on <laughs> so one of the biggest characters that i've ever met in the sport one of my good friends scott stump stumpy two-time 883 champion hell of a racer actually i don't really know if i want to tell, admit that but he's a don't tell fucking, him don't tell him that <laughs> that dude can ride bro and he can still ride good so uh i'm excited man scott's one of my boys like that i love hanging out with that guy he's, he's a good time so excited to have uh scott stump on the show tonight yeah uh you know scott stump for those of you that uh may not be too familiar with him i'm sure most of you younger guys have at least heard his name but he's the kind of guy that can go to the grocery store and come back with a wild story so this guy <laughs> you know you buckle up buckle up this is gonna be a for sure yeah and if you have sensitive ears your feelings get hurt easily which i guess we've been hurting people's feelings i don't know i said the word boomer on uh social media and i got blocked for using the word boomer so geez suck it up buttercups um you know there's a disclaimer it says your feelings may be hurt but it, it'll they'll definitely be hurt by scott stump so we're uh we don't know what that guy's gonna say but yeah we're gonna talk to stumpy and then um we also we promised we'd check in with preston burrows yeah we're gonna talk to him if that yeah if that wasn't enough we're gonna call yeah. preston as well and, and get some insight from that guy and and introduce you guys to preston i'd like to have him on regularly because he's a pretty funny guy and talk about his uh sturgis bike week endeavors yeah I don't, I don't know the guy i just started following him during like the sturgis bike week thing and if i ever go to sturgis to have a good time that's the guy i want to go with he he he, he did sturgis right 
Yeah, yeah. Who knows what that guy got into? Well, we're gonna bring him on, and we're gonna see. But yeah, I, before we get into it too far, I want to thank our sponsors and make this show happen. Bell Power Sports. All three champions have worn the Bell Race Star Flex last season. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Their quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Also, big thank you to Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, CommercialRoofSystems.net, Commercial and Industrial Roofing Company, Jerry Stinchfield, nearly 40 years of experience. Anything to do with roofing, give him a call. Hit him up on social media. Hit me up, and I'll put you in contact with Jerry. Dunlop Tire, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series with their new and improved DT4 Flat Track Tire. To view their products and to find the nearest dealer, check out DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Also, hit them up on social media. Tell them the boys from Tank Slapping sent you. And I want to give a shout-out to the Moto America Series. They are the official AMA Road Racing Series in the USA, led by 190-mile-an-hour superbikes. They just had their race this past weekend at the Ridge in Washington. Looked like a crazy racetrack. Bunch of uh, first couple corner crashes in the chicane they had at that racetrack, but... Moto America Series is on the prowl. They offer $1 million in Superbike purse, and they have over 10 million views so far. And that was prior to the Ridge, so who knows where they're at now. But the next round is New Jersey Motorsports Park, Millville, New Jersey, close track near me, September 11th and 13th, and then Barber, the Barber Motorsports Park in Alabama, September 18th and 20th. Tickets for those two tracks can be found on MotoAmerica.com if you can't make the races view all the race action on moto america live plus really really good coverage so what do you think sammy what's uh got any predictions for springfield should bring carter on guess carter what his predictions are what, yeah, what? Let's start. carter you, you, well first of all uh well, carter doesn't know chance... anything about flat <laughs> predictions come on carter i'm kidding you you, you know a lot man <laughs> no, I don't. You're, you're running you're running I'm the four, airwaves for four flat years right into now. this you, gotta... you guys have got like 30 years on me dude like <laughs> in the sport oh, our age you asshole <laughs> oh i don't think, i don't honestly know how i'm just throwing a number out there <laughs> But you got some years on me. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, definitely... but we're biased opinions, man. I mean, like, I don't... you know, we're both kind of invested in in the sport currently from a rider and coaching That's tuner fair. standpoint. So I'm, I'm the only one that has the freedom to to throw out a, a prediction. I got you. Um, yeah, I mean, I can kind of. All right, let's know. go with. The... Let's go with the short track, Carter. Who do you oh, think's four fifties? You, you think? Well, we think... can speak on the short track. Too, yeah, Sammy. yeah, we can. I don't, yeah, I don't know about that one, man. I, I got a feeling like I don't know why, and and I know I'm gonna catch some shit when I say this, but I think Coase. I think Coase is so hungry. <laughs> I think he's just no, gonna. He could. I think he's gonna manhandle it. I think he is. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna put it on the box i don't know man i think he's too busy making tiktok videos he needs to chill (laughs) well that's the other reason you out on his dance moves that's the other reason i brought it up because he did he called you out on tiktok dude i don't even know if you have tiktok because you know i'll never i'm 33 years old i ain't making a damn tiktok i'm with you on that bro haven't jumped on it i haven't jumped on it either but i do enjoy watching them that's i deleted i i downloaded it and spent like half the day watching TikTok videos, and I was like, I can't have this, so I had to get rid of it. But nah, dude, what, what the hell am I gonna do? Dance shirtless in, in a video? Like, nah, leave that to Chad, dude. That's that's a Chad thing, man. That's a California thing. Uh, I don't know what's going it was on. pretty funny. I don't know what's going on. I seen that video. I was like, what is this guy doing? But uh, yeah, I mean, I actually looked. I was thinking like myself, because you know, Shayna's for a singles rider. I'm like, man, she's a pretty good short tracker when there's traction, and she's been riding a lot. 
I, I'm expecting her to have a an, an improved finish. Like I think she'll do well. But looking at some of the entries, man, there's so many good short track r- riders uh, like Wiles, Mikey Rush, Chad, even the the newer guys, Dallas Daniels, Max Whale, Ryan Wells. Um, a lot of those guys are really dicey short track r- riders. So um, no, I'm forgetting some people. But if you forgot somebody, somebody will call you and remind you or text you and remind oh, you. Oh, I'm sure Trevor Bruner. Like, we'll get, we're much... going to get bad reviews from everybody we missed. <laughs> Everybody, like even guys who haven't been having like great years. Um, I don't know, like a Justin Jones, like he's he's a pretty good short track rider. Um, yeah, there, there's really no one that's bad on short tracks. I mean, most of the these kids they grew up riding those kind of tracks, so it'll be it'll be interesting. A good start, qualifying. I mean, short track, you look at it, it's kind of hustle and bustle, grind, you know, fist fight in a phone booth type thing. But really, it's you can break it down and and bring the race to you a lot. A lot more calculated than what you, what it looks like on screen. I mean, go out, qualify well, get a good start, stay away from all the shit mid-pack, and everything kind of slows down for you. It's just getting to that point can be the challenge sometimes. Yeah, short track, you, you gotta you gotta be out front right from the gate, man. You you want to unload and be fast right out of the truck, because uh, if you gotta come from behind on a short track, you know. And when I mean come from behind, if you if you're having to work on things to get better and faster throughout the day. You, man, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball on a short track. You can kind of get away with that on some of the larger tracks, but the guys that are fast right out of you know on in session one, most likely those are going to be the guys up front all night long. So I got my picks, man. I I think uh, I don't want to interrupt you, Corey. You never really officially got to your picks. I was going to say ahead. I Let's never heard, I never heard a pick from Corey. Um, I'm picking Shayna. I mean, uh-huh. everyone. I mean, I can't not pick my sibling. Uh, he totally I don't said know. we're not biased. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I think she'll surprise people. People like to counter out on short tracks. I mean, I think she'll have a good result, but I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of guys that could win. It's hard to pick against Wiles just because he's he kind of knows how to get the job done on those type of tracks. I mean, he qualifies well. He's aggressive. He gets good starts. Um, he has an, he has experience and he stays calm, cool, and collected. A lot of those young kids, they know how to twist the throttle, but they don't have a lot of racecraft. And Henry's got a lot of racecraft. So, um, yeah, Henry, Mikey Rush, um, Dallas Daniels, all those guys seem to they're able to really put together a whole a whole night of racing. Like, I think they'll be I don't know I think they'll be the guys to beat, but. Who the hell knows? Anything can happen on a short track. So and that we'll, singles we'll class, see. yeah, that singles class it could be anybody. What do you, what do you guys got, Carter? We'll go with you first. What, who, <laughs> did you already, you already said? Right? I, I, I think what? Coast, man. I really do. I think he wants to get that win so bad that he's just gonna, he's gonna be able to do it for some reason. I don't know why. I just got that vibe. Because there, like you said, anybody could do it. But I think Coast will pull. You know it. what? That's true. And that, if you take a 450 main event, and you just run through that list of names, I. Really, almost anybody has a chance to win it. It's a tough class. But uh, my pick, I would have to say, um, if I was a Benton man and I was going to Vegas, I'd have to probably put my money on Wiles mm-hmm. or Rush. That 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 that's 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 the you know the money making bet in me. That's a uh, safe bet. Hey, it's, bet. it's what I would go with if I was gonna go for like yeah. a, a dark horse, like a. a you know, a long shot. Don't, don't, don't hold this against me. I'm gonna go with Cole Zabala. 
He's going to be fired up. It's his, you know, he's from Illinois. He's just coming off of, uh, you know, uh, uh, his first podium. He's going to be pumped up. Um, I think I think he would be a long shot, but he, I think he could do it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys who who are be, who who will be strong. Um, I guess we can touch upon the mile. I mean, I don't. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard for me to make predictions. Really, I hate talking about guys I race with, or my, even like my own. Like it's, it's really hard for me to like this part of the, the job with the podcast, like making predictions. Because yeah, golly, it, I it's mean, something it's, I even struggle with right. talking about on the right, other one too. But yeah, what well, you said, you mentioned Zabala. I heard Zabala might be running production twins this weekend. Is that any truth to that? Have you guys heard that? <laughs> no, you like whatever. I, he just mentioned yeah, like birdies are chirping. That's all I'm. There's gonna a say. lot of there's a lot of kids actually I, I, that will probably jump up and ride production because uh, the singles don't run the mile. Thankfully, yeah. by the way, I mean I see on social media everybody wants the 450s to run the mile at Springfield. That's the fucking worst idea ever. I mean anybody that ever watched the 450 at Springfield, it was it was awful i mean and honestly they want explanations there is no great explanation besides it's sketchy like everybody's the same speed it's an easy track to ride you could put my grandma out there on a 450 and she wouldn't be far off the pace it's a big circle there's no bumps everybody's the same pace and it's just sketchy like it's just not it's not made for 450s god sam what you got Two two things. One, I wanna I wanna give uh, a little credit to the 450 class in general. The last few years, it seems like you know you watch the that 450 class with like with one eye closed, you know, um, like a, you know you're just kind of like oh man on edge waiting for disaster to happen. And this year, you know, I've been watching it you know pretty closely, and it's the first time I'm like watching with confidence with everybody that's out there. It seems like a a group of seasoned veterans and so um you know i think uh that just i had to say that i had to mention that the other thing i was going to mention though since uh to keep it really fair and fun on predictions for the springfield mile how about we do this <laughs> let's pick our dark horse in the super twins to win okay. who's your dark horse yeah you can, like you know you can pick the winners all day who, who do you think's the the long shot the dark horse i like it yeah there's no dark horse that's gonna win. That's in the Super Twins. Like, sorry, you don't, I mean, you don't think you don't no, think like Kobe Carlisle or Luker? That would be. A, I mean, I'm just Carlisle saying won that would be a twins. big no. dark Carlisle horse. Carlisle won production twins. That would be a, that would be a big dark horse. Man, I don't it's just. I just don't see anybody beating Briar or Jared. I mean, there's no, nothing that tells me otherwise. You, you uh, could just say anybody that's not I mean, Briar or Jared is, is a dark horse. Yeah, I mean, I guess people are saying Brian, and Brian's actually, I mean, he's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal in the miles, and one of the best that I've seen in my era. You know, he's he's definitely capable, but it just would anything, if Jared or Briar didn't win, it would surprise me. And honestly, it's, I think it's Jared's race to lose. Um, he's won so many miles these last few years, and Indy prior outrode him. You know, and Jared's got a faster bike it seems. But I said in the beginning of the year, I mean, Jared won both Volusias, and everyone was already writing Briar off. I'm like, man, this man is riding good. Like I see him during the week. I train with Briar, and I sure as hell would not want to race against Briar right now. That guy is uh is one of the most phenomenal riders i've ever seen and i've been in the sport since the camel pro days the ricky graham days and and uh, i've seen briar do things that just blow my mind it's stupid it's 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 frustrating it's like god like it, yeah so i wouldn't want to race briar but it's um yeah i just briar or jared i mean 
if I had to pick two riders, it's <laughs> them two. Dark Horse to Podium? I can do a Dark Horse to Podium. I would say it's not going to be a non-Indian. It's going to be an Indian. They're all, all the, it's very hard to run a non-Indian up front at Springfield. And with our tires we have now, the R9 compounds, they're very hard tires, and they're worse on parallel twins than they are Indians. Like the Indians, they're still – they're not great. They're – I won't say they're not great, but they're they're very hard for, like, a track like Springfield. Um, and they're, they're, they're more challenging on a parallel twin. So I think the Yamahas, even though they're already kind of undermatched against the Indian – you put the R9s on them, and they're more under they're more undermatched. So it's going to be Indians. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't it'd be surprised. It depends what the track does, too. I mean, if it grooves up or if it floats around in the middle, it's kind of two different ball games there. Like, Brandon Price was really strong last year floating around the middle, whereas, like, Davis Fisher, he's more of, like, a lockdown, around-the-bottom groove-type rider, and same with Carver. So, yeah, it just depends what the track does. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see Davis or Brandon Price have a, a good top five finish. Okay, Carter, who's your dark horse for the podium? Well, since I can't pick Carver as a dark horse since he's won before, I would uh, – I would, damn, he picked the two best There's ones. There's only 18 Price. guys. I know, Price, 17. Price and uh, Fisher would have been the best two that I could think of off next. But uh... I'm going to throw a curveball at you quick before you make a choice. All right. There's There's 17 guys entered. Right now on the pre-entry list. Yeah, but like you know, I say half listen, of them could win a mile. Seventeen. There's gonna be eighteen. Ooh. Well, whoever the hell that eighteenth is, I don't even have to know who the hell is. I'm picking them. That's my dark horse. <laughs> who the hell is the eighteenth? Come on, it's like you got info. What the hell? What is this? I might have info. Oh. But how about can you I just hint? Give a hint. You don't have to say who it is. Come on, man. Is, this is tank slapping. Yeah, you can't beans. just throw that shit out there. It's not a sure thing. Be. I don't know. I don't know for certain. Well, we, we, won't we won't hold you to it. We won't hold you to it. Not, we we got to wait it out. We got to wait it oh, out. Come oh, come on. You said it now. Come on. You know your inbox is going to be blowing up when this, when this posts. Just saying. Hit it up. Hit <laughs> it up. All right. You want to know my dark horse? My dark horse to be on the podium? Yeah, I do. 79. Ooh. Dalton, yeah, that's that's oh, a good that's a good one. See, I didn't even think it faster last year. Yeah, yeah, and and I I'm trying to choose my words wisely here, which I'm really <laughs> bad at doing. But I think Smith, uh, there's a good chance we could see him up front too. But my dark horse on the podium is going to be Dalton. Just depends what the track does. I think yeah. if it's a lockdown groove, it's it kind of shakes things up a lot more. Even in my class, you know, it's it's uh yeah, it's definitely a, a different animal, but. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. It's the beauty of Springfield. It's it's a chess match. So we'll we'll have to we'll see. We'll maybe touch upon that before we uh, end the show later on. But let's give uh, Scott Stump a call, talk with the man, and and uh, learn more about his career, and maybe get some funny stories. Carter, give a uh, give Stumpy a call. Let's do it. Hello. God Stump, Corey Texter, Sammy Sebedrier, man. How are you? What's up, buddy? <laughs> Not much, dude. We've been we've been getting him for Quest to, to have you on the show, so I figured, eh, it's time to hurt some people's feelings. We'll we'll have Scott on the show. <laughs> hurt feelings? I don't hurt nobody's feelings. <laughs> I'm too nice. Well, for the fans that for the fans that don't follow you on social media or whatever, but uh, what have you been up to these last few years since you kind of retired from the old flat track deal? 
working with uh, Mini GP, which you know is a uh, one of the biggest kids road racing schools, you know, in the country for NJ Mini GP, South Florida Mini GP, South Carolina Mini GP, North Carolina Mini GP. It's um, you know, I've been with them for going on 10 years, 11 years, and um, it's just been a big part of my life. I, this year kind of slowed down because of Corona, but um, you know, we, uh, we're still going strong there, but that's about it, really, just working with the kids. Hey, Scott, we, we had uh, the last guest on the show was, was Pat Maroney, and I guess we're past this you know, what they call it, statue of limitations. So he was kind of talking about some of the stuff he used to do with the 883s. And he was saying that one time, you know, uh, you know, he talked about the difficulties of having three bikes on the podium and enough time to hide his secrets before, the, you know, tech would come through. Uh, and uh, one time, I, I think it was at Springfield, you rented a motorcycle from him. And I think you finished third. Did you get disqualified because he didn't have enough time to, to squeak you through with his uh, secrets? Yeah, they um <laughs> actually we I don't did we get third or did we I thought we did better than that. I think I I might have won that. I think I won that and and then they disqualified me for deck height on my cylinder. <laughs> that would make so, sense. I didn't even, he was a rented bike, right? So yeah, yeah, I guess he, he took care of his first two guys. Yeah, he took care of them. He just got me good, you know what I mean? Damn. So, but that's what happens when you. That's what happens when you put someone on your, on your third string bike, and then they beat you. You know what I mean? You just don't fix it. You just let them get disqualified. Yeah, that's what he said. He said that. Uh, he. I think it was Camlin and Hacker, maybe. I don't know. You. You. Yeah. And he was saying he didn't get a chance to get to your bike, and you were the one that got DQ'd. But, I mean, you were really successful on the 83 series. Um, 1994 and 2005 championships. Let's talk about those a bit. I mean, everybody hated riding an 883, but you liked it, and you were pretty successful on those bikes. So what was the difference maker for you on those machines? I think the whole thing with the 83s, you just had to be smooth, and I loved them. I didn't have any problems with them, and it didn't matter what wheels we ran. Remember how we had to run the stockers? It sucked. But yep. it was kind of like everybody was equal. Um, so it didn't really matter to me. I, I loved them. It's, I mean, it was kind of like it was probably the heaviest thing ever in the world. But as long as you didn't ride like an idiot, they were perfect. And you could really you could really get through the corners on them, even with stock suspension or whatever we tried to do. But, you know, it was all fun to me. And I had, you know, when I first started, I had Kenny Weimer and Slats as my tuners, you know. And Weimer, Weimer was like a diehard, man. Like, that guy lived and ate and breathed everything to build that thing and put it on the dyno every week. And, you know, we had, like, six sets of heads because they were all different because, you know, basically Harley-Davidson's are junk, and they're still junk, as we know. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you can't polish a turd no matter what you do. That's the sad part about it. It's never going to change. Tell us how you really feel. Well, that's just basically how I feel. I mean, obviously, Indian did something right. They built a real machine, and look what they're doing. 
uh, hey, I, you know, Scott, the show's called Tank Slap, and so we like to talk, you know, about off-the-wall kind of stuff a little bit. And, uh, I mean, everybody's got a ton of, of uh, you know, Scott Stump stories. But one of my, like, favorite bench racing stories, I just found out. I had no idea. This is my favorite bench racing story. And come to find out, I was doing a little, you know, digging up some dirt. I come to find out, like, couple days ago you were the guy that instigated this whole deal it had to do with some beers being thrown at an xr in the pits at uh at springfield do you remember anything about that actually i didn't instigate none of that i just told him he was a pussy i said you won't do nothing and then of course you know tom mcgrain he uh he let him have it but but it wasn't even that the point was that I don't know if you know the whole story about that. Did he tell you what happened that night when they were going to get busted and they hit it in our cooler? Yeah, well, that's what. I, let, let me back up a little bit to tell the listeners so they can kind of get up to speed to this. So I don't know if I want to drop any names. I'll let you do that if you want. I don't care. Should we drop some names? Thanks, oh, All right, all right. So I guess Rob, yeah, Rob Pearson had some beers in the pits, and uh, Moorhead came over and went to go through their cooler or whatever to bust them with beers. And what they did is they took the beers out and threw them in Big Tom McGrain's cooler, right? So Moorhead came over and didn't find no beers. Well, so after, after uh, I guess, heading home from the or back to the hotel or whatever, from the short track, Big Tom's like, where, where the hell did these beers come from? It's like there's, you know, there's a bunch of beers in our cooler. We didn't have beer. And uh, come to find out, it was uh, Pearson's beer. They threw it in the cooler, right? So the next day, uh, you know, I guess Tom, Tom was pissed, and, and he talked to Moorhead about it. Moorhead's like, well, handle it. Do what you got to do. And take it from there, Scott. What happened? We poked Big Red a little bit on the way there. <laughs> uh, exactly my point. Instigated it. Once, yeah, so once we got to the track, I I – I threw a little more fire on it. I was like, dude, he, Pearson's right over there, and there's his bike, and basically you're a pussy if you don't say something. He took the whole bag of beers that they had and walked over there and just started heaving them at their bikes, their camper, everything, and he went off the handle. I don't care who you were. You weren't going to stop him when he started beating your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never heard that. Pretty- Can you imagine Big Tom fucking beers at an XR? Whack! <laughs> Yo, and there were probably people, at least a hundred people watching it, and he is just he is yelling and screaming, telling him, "Come on, bring it on!" Like he was mad. I mean, like basically, the the crazy thing was though, they stuck a whole bag of beers. There had to be fifteen of them in our cooler, and like you know, we we didn't pay no attention. None we went to load up. It was in there in in the van. That's when he freaked. So it was pretty good. That's awesome. I, I've known you for a long time, um, but I don't really know a heck of a lot about your amateur career. I'm going to backtrack a bit, uh, where you raced and all, all that stuff. Talk about those early days. Like, What tracks did you compete at when you were coming through the ranks? And who were some of your – I like hearing about like your amateur rivals. Like, Who, who did you have to battle with in the mini bike ranks and coming up through? The biggest battles on mini bikes were like Donnie Martin, um, who passed away you know, years ago, but he was – he was like my biggest him and Jess Roder, Joe Roder. Let me see who else. I mean, we had so many. I mean, all the Raymerts. Um, there was a lot of people back then, like in Ohio. We ran the whole Ohio, Indiana. Um, we went out to Illinois. We chased people in Virginia, Ray West, um, Rusty Rogers. Like we went wherever we could to, 
raced the fastest kids. Um, went out to Kansas even, raced out there as an amateur, then went out there as a pro. Because there was always, you know, California people show up for the big races out there. We like I basically went anywhere. My dad took me every single weekend racing somewhere. And you know, we did that for you know, until we went pro and then it was just, you know, from there on out it was just travel the country. Man, um, you know, you know, one of the things that always kind of surprised me is like uh, I'm always like, you know, I pay attention to like cool paint jobs or leathers or this or that. But especially being a guy from Ohio, because, you know, you guys grow up riding pea gravel and everything gets sandblasted and stuff. But like back in the days, like Camel Pro days. You were the first guy I noticed that had, like, a badass painted helmet, which was always an extra surprise because I'm like, what's a guy from Ohio doing with a helmet? Because Ohio guys don't care about paint on their helmet. It's going to get blasted off. But uh, how'd that old, like, who, who used to do your helmets? You used to have some pretty trick helmets back, back in the day. My dad painted all my bikes and my helmets for years. He did, a, like, 99% of everything. And, um... You know, he just, uh, he was into that. He used to love doing it. And, of course, you know, you get all the free helmets you want, and we'd get white. And then he would just do the helmets and paint them. And he did them all by hand, too. He just, you know, with the, basically with the paintbrush and then just cleared over him. He was, he was pretty badass at painting. He still is. He can paint anything. I, I didn't know that. They look like, they look like Troy Lee helmets or something back in the day. They were pretty badass. And on top of it, not only did he do that, he, uh, you know, he did a, a lot of stuff on, like, the bikes. He did all the decal, like, painted stuff on instead of stickers. I mean, he was, he was like, always into helping and being part of it. And, you know, of course, you guys know my dad sponsored, you know, 20 other racers along with me, you know, back in the day. I mean, he helped everybody yep. I raced against. So, <laughs> I mean, he was, was always involved in every, everything just to make it happen. Yeah, that's badass. Uh, do you do you still have any of those helmets, or, or are they all gone? No, I think that there's still some at my dad's house. I need to snag. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, uh, that, that's a long time ago. I think there might be a couple <laughs> floating back there. We're talking, like, before you were born, Corey. It was just <laughs> after the open face. <laughs> Open face helmet. Yeah. Well, at what point, like, did you realize, yeah, you know, you're racing the amateur stuff, traveling across the country. When did you, uh, like, realize you could be a professional and, and do this with the top guys, you know, race the Scott Parkers, race the Chris Cars? Um, when was that moment? And then when did you turn professional? And what was your rookie year? Like, how was that like? Um, I turned professional. Right after Daytona in 86, because I missed it because my birthday was March 26th. So I missed Daytona and then went pro after that. And we came out with, uh, you know, back then it was two 500 um, road taxes with a boss frame and a night frame. And I pretty much won everything. Like I won like 60 races that year out of 70. It was a great year. We chased every race we could all the way around to California, everything. Yeah, I even won Lodi. Like you know, I went out there and raced that one time. So we had a lot of a lot of time to, you know, as a first year pro that we just kept seeing who we could go against, you know, and then 
of course, you know, you jump up to junior back then. And we had a, I think it was like, I think I was only junior for like five or six races. And I got my points to go expert and we jumped right in. Um, because of, you know, it was just, we had the 750s, we had everything. And it was, you know, a chance to make more money. But then it was a lot tougher, of course. So what year was your rookie year then on the on the XR or on the 750, should I say? I didn't know it was an XR, but. Yeah, it was, it would have been 87, halfway through 87. Um, the year I was born, baby. You're still a nutsacker when I was racing. <laughs> <laughs> I was in there somewhere. <laughs> so, like, back in 87, man, I mean, when you were you guys traveling? Like, were you, were you doing it just you and your dad? Or did you, like, you know, a lot of guys team up and link up with other guys? I mean, who, who were, like, some of your traveling partners back in, in, in those, you know, mid to late 80 days? It was, well, of course, our house was the, the hangout. We had um, Paul Fahimis, Rasmussen, Tim Selby, um, Jose Aguilar. Um, they all stayed at my house. Mike Hale stayed with us all summer. Um, Willie McCoy practically lived with us, was more or less like, you know, the brother. And, um, like, we had a bunch of us, and we just, you know, of course, we, we ran the town pretty hard um every night but but like i had so many people stay with us sammy sweet um you know eric rouse she named it they all did so it was pretty cool my parents were pretty easy going yeah we uh we got some good dirt um from larry pegram we had him on the show recently and uh he talked about you quite a bit we figured we'd uh let you return the favor he said you guys could really charm the ladies, but I don't know, man. I, 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 I've seen your uh, pink shorts you wore back in the day. I just, I don't know if I believe it or not. Dude, pink was it. I even had the first set of leathers, if you're not mistaken. Um, for pink and turquoise and green, I think they were from one of my sponsor's colors. And uh, everybody made fun of them, but, man, I couldn't. The chicks just didn't stop after that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Give us some Pegram stories, man. What did you guys get into back in the day? Was he like your well, drinking buddy, or like what was that like? Well, Pegram was always the instigator, and then he would get out of trouble when I would get in trouble. So he said you were the instigator. Listen, I don't even hear because first of all, I seen him shoot the headlights out of an antique truck in his driveway and the radiator, and then blame it on me because it was running. And I had nothing to do with that. I don't even know how he put me on that one. So that was BS. And then he took me on a trail. He goes, hey, I found some badass trails. We take off riding. He's got a backpack and bolt cutters with him. Now, I don't know why you take a backpack and bolt cutters if you're riding trail. <laughs> so we end up crossing a couple ditches main roads in Ohio, and then we end up in this field where he cuts through the fence, and we go into this field, and it's a big pasture, and we're ripping around it. And here comes some farmer out there with a gun hanging out of his truck, and he stops us. And and he's like, I called the police. You're not leaving. We're like, okay, okay, you know. And then next thing I know, Larry starts his bike and leaves me hanging. He's gone. <laughs> so, so then I had to tell the guy, hold on. I'm going to go get him. We're not leaving. I'm just going to go get him. 
I get down to where we were in the bottom of the creek, and and he was taking off. He was gone. He had to leave me there to get stopped by some farmer. <laughs> so, so the best part is I, I catch up to him because he wasn't as fast as me. You know how that is. So <laughs> and we get back, cross over all the main roads. Cops are coming every which way. We finally get to his house. We park the bikes, run in the back door, and we just totally take off all our motocross gear and sit on the couch like, like nothing. And five minutes later, the door knocks. And here's the sheriffs. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're looking for a kid that were riding dirt bikes. And his dad's like, I don't know. His mom's like, I, I don't know. My kids are right here. I don't know. Boy, when they shut that door, his dad whipped his ass. <laughs> he, he got him out he of it. Right, listen, he knew right away that he did it. And then I got – Jim took me home and told me I wasn't allowed coming back. So, <laughs> yeah, we – and then, did he tell you about the incident on uh, Interstate 23 North in Ohio? No. The house? <laughs> I think so. So, he was trying to be Mr. Tuck on his Z28. Wait, he did tell us this, didn't he? When he ran off the road at about 100. No. Yeah, the, the truck drivers ran the car. Was that the, I don't know. No. Tell us. Maybe, maybe it's different. That was another one when they were going to kill us, the truck drivers. But, so... <laughs> Then he's racing me back to the house. I don't know how many girls were in his car and were mine, but we were flying back to Uncle Johnny's because that was our hangout because no one would tell us that Uncle Johnny. He'd let us bring whoever we want there. So Uncle Johnny, we get on his road, and we're getting ready to turn off of 23, and Larry tries to pass me on the outside of an exit ramp. Well, next thing I know, I see him floating through the air because he went off the road. There was no guardrail. <laughs> And all I seen was like he landed on the down slope of the hill. He spun around like 12 times. And then he comes flying back out and jumps back onto the road. And he did not hurt his car at all. He got so lucky. It was the funniest thing ever. He thought he was dead. He thought he was dead. I know you got it. I mean, I've seen you drive down the road. I've been in vehicles with you, and I know how you drive. And then, I mean, I tell you, one time I was driving – I don't know where I was going. I was going to a race somewhere, and I knew it was Stump because he had his like his name plastered all over the van. I mean, it was you could not mistake your van. And we were driving through like, um, oh, I think right around Ohio actually, going through like West Virginia, Ohio, and it was super foggy and like, dude, you could not see like ten feet in front of you. And I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, just driving like an old lady looking over the steering wheel. And here comes this van, I swear, was doing every bit of 100 miles an hour, right past me. And I'm like, holy shit, that stunk, man. So I'm like, I'm going to follow this guy, man. So I follow him. I mean, this guy drove wide open everywhere he went. How many? Do you have a record for how many tickets you ever got, or were you just charmed? Oh, man, I back in the day, I got way too many. <laughs> they, actually, they actually took my license for a little bit because I had a few too many speeding tickets. But um, lately, I can knock on wood. Yeah, I don't have those now because I don't drive like that. I'm pretty sensible. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if I, sensible is the word. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I do drive like it. The other day, honestly, I was driving and my car wouldn't go over 100. And I know it always does. So I was like, man, there's something wrong. It says low air pressure exceeds speed limit so 
my car actually, if the tire pressure is below where it's supposed to be, it will shut it down at 100, which is kind of crazy. Like, how does that car know to shut me down? So I had to put air in it because then I could get to the golf course faster. You know what I mean? Hey, hey! Speaking of speaking of vehicles, I heard you recently had a a van with a with a big picture drawn on the top of it. Yeah, the penis. Yeah, <laughs> what was up with that? Yeah. Well, so Nathan Green of Mini GP, who is Design Star Three, that does all the wraps and graphics, he put uh, the wrap on my van when I got it. You know, six years ago, it was longer than that. Yeah, probably six years ago. Well, I never knew it for a couple months, but um, when I was at a hotel and there's a guy up on the balcony laughing, taking pictures of the top of my van, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He looks at me, he goes, you know what's up here? And I said, no. So we walk upstairs and look down, there's a big seven-foot black penis on the top of my van. <laughs> so, so then the best part about it was, so that was like the joke from there on out. Then for like a year and a half or two years, if you went on Google Earth and looked at Millville's racetrack, there was the van with the black penis on it forever. <laughs> so it was, it was like, you know, and it's still, I sold that van and it's still on there. They don't even know probably. <laughs> so. That's so good. I remember seeing it. We'll have to post that. We'll have to find that photo. We'll post it on our story or whatever for people with it. Yeah, that that was gold. It's so good. Uh, so professional ranks. You know, you 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 did pretty well. Obviously, you did really well in the 883s, and you had some really good races on the 750. Um, what's your best finish on the 750? I don't even know. I think the best one I ever had was. Hagerstown, uh, Maryland. I came from the third row on a on a Harley that was struggling on one cylinder halfway through the race, and I actually went from like 14th to fourth. Oh shit! Because it wouldn't spin the tire. <laughs> it it just hooked up no matter what I did. I didn't spin the tire, and it was one of those times where the track was so slippery there. Um, it was great because that was like the highlight, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I never got in the top five. It was always, you know, 15, 14, 12, you know. It was so hard back then because we had, you know, we had so many fast guys. That was crazy. I'm not saying it's not like that now, but it was, it seemed like, you know, we had. There was more guys, seven, yeah. yeah. There were 70 more guys trying to get into that main. Yeah. And now it's like that, you know. Yeah. So it's a little different. And then, of course, the 883 is the same night I wanted, but, um, and that's, you know, that 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 thing was easy to ride because it never had enough power to really have its own way. Um, the fastest, I think the fastest 883 I ever had was um, the one I rode for Lima Harley-Davidson. Okay. And that, was, and that was always fast in the mains because they just pinched the oil line off on the bottom end. So it wouldn't put no oil back to the top end, but the motor would be shot after 15 laps. <laughs> so many secrets. Dude, if they ever bring back the 883 class, I'm going to have a rocket ship between <laughs> Scott and Maroney. <laughs> we're, we're going to the top, baby. Uh, that's funny. Um, so, like, who did, you, who did you, like, was there any guy out there as a pro that you, like, hated to race with? Anybody you enjoyed racing with the most? We like to kind of get some of the, the dirt, like, 
Like, who did you hate riding with? Uh, the worst was Jess Roeder. I mean, he was, <laughs> before he, that. he was like the only one you just couldn't. He was hard to pass because he was going to fall every corner. I mean, <laughs> he had a weird style, but he was the hardest person ever. Like, I hated when he was in front of me because you, you didn't know what was going to happen. You know what I mean? He was just, he was always on edge of crashing, which he did a lot. But, I mean, he was fast, but he just, he was the worst. I mean, you just, you just didn't know. Yeah, we've, we've he heard my, that. He was my teammate. He was even my teammate, and I didn't like passing him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I don't know who, but that's like the second or third time we've heard Jess mentioned. <laughs> we got to get Jess on sometime because uh, let him defend himself or at least hear his Big, side of the Bigelow story. And Bigelow and Jess Roeder are the two guys that the least favorite, uh, I think, yeah. we've heard. Bigelow was pretty horrible on that 750. He was, he was definitely another one, you know what I mean? But like he said, he you know he was tough too because you just didn't know, and like, I mean I don't know like you said I I was uh I struggled on the 750 a little bit and then when I rode for M&M Racing on the Hondas those things handled great and then you get back on that Harley and you're like holy shit this thing's junk you know what <laughs> I mean like like it was tough the Harleys were always tough and like you had someone that, like Kenny Colbert you know what I mean who was the man but you had to have someone really good to set him up yeah. Hey, you know, Scott, I know you've been, uh, you know, you're, you're helping out a lot of kids now with the road race deal and this and that. But, you know, I'm always looking at old race pictures, and, and sometimes I see some old pictures of Nikki Hayden, and I see, you know, the Hayden boys, and I always see uh, Scott Stump on the side of their leg. Uh, what, what, what was your involvement with the Hayden family? Actually, it was uh, Earl. Earl had let me, um, he had helped me too. So I went down there and stayed with them for almost a year of just riding like i would go there and we'd ride every single day like earl and rose were probably probably the coolest people you'd ever meet in your life and the kids were all great back then they were just little but we rode every day like i even went to school with tommy and nikki and sat in their classes with them you know while they were in school because you know the teacher you know knew how i helped out and they helped or whatever and of course my dad my dad helped them too. He gave money every time they won a race. I forget what he paid them, but it was crazy. Like I think it's twenty five dollars a race they get if they won. They were only you know four, six, and maybe eight. So, so those kids were rolling in the dough. Like they were always excited. Like every time they went racing, then they'd make sure my dad had to pay up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they it was it was like um, we set up a dirt track at their house, then we put in a TT course. And then we had the NSR 50 track in the driveway. And no matter how fast you thought you were, Earl would always turn around and turn the hose on. So we had to ride in the wet pavement. But, yeah, it was always – it was great. Like, probably the coolest family in racing ever to ride with and hang out with. I, I mean, I couldn't thank them enough for everything they did. I mean, Rose Rose helped me a lot. And he, one time I got a big, big speeding ticket, like, well over – like probably 120 and um actually i think dave lloyd was with me in the car when i outran the cops so that's a whole nother. but what happened was we were going to king's isle and there was like nine cops lined up on the side of interstate 75 by cincinnati and i was doing way too fast and i was like you know what 
they're pointing at me. You know how they stand down the road and they point at you? I just looked the other way and just kept it floored. And they, <laughs> next time I looked behind me, there's like six of them. So I got off the exit and like called ass through a subdivision, pulled into some lady's garage and shut the garage door real fast. <laughs> and, uh, all the cops flew by, so I backed out, took off down the road, went to King's Island, pulled in the park. I didn't no longer get out of the car. And, man, they surrounded me because they had a plane. So they, <laughs> so they, they, they were going to arrest me, and they're like, can you bond out? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I can probably bond out. I said, how much is it? They're like, well, it's like $1,500. So I handed my dad's credit card. I said, just throw it on that. So, <laughs> so, so then they, uh, it's Dave Lloyd, his girlfriend. It was me and my girlfriend at the time. And uh, they they take the handcuffs off. They run the credit card. They let us go, write me a bunch of tickets. So I had to hire an attorney. I had to hire an attorney to uh, to fight the case for me because they were trying to nail me to the wall for outrunning them. I told them I didn't know they were behind me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I stuck to that court. Well, then my court day was when I was in California at Sacramento. And they had to, I had to hire an attorney. I couldn't get the attorney, so I called Rose. Rose paid for my attorney and, you know, got me out of that ticket. So it was pretty cool. Like I said, I did some stupid, stupid stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's a classic. That's a That's classic. A uh, do you, um, I mean, I know you do, but how much do you follow the sport today? I mean, um, what are your thoughts on the way kind of like you racing the camel pro days and a little bit in the early two thousands, I guess it pro progressive insurance days, but what are your thoughts on the series today and how much do you follow it? And what are your thoughts on some of the riders? I watch it every single time. I don't, I don't miss any of them. I still love it. It's just, I feel bad for the sport. It just seems like it's not like it used to be. I think they lost so much. You know, I mean, you used to go to one of the racetracks and you couldn't get a seat anywhere in the infield or the stands everywhere at every national. Um, you know, there was so much more stuff, so many more people. There was, you know, 20 times the riders we have now. And it just seems like it just went downhill. And I don't know why, because you still have, you know, the diehards and you still have, you know, you know, a lot of good riders. I don't see... I just don't understand why it fell fell down so bad compared to how it used to be. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, what are your thoughts on, like, the rules and stuff like that? Because it's quite a bit different than uh, when you were racing. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, as far as I know, it, like, the 450 class is, like, is, like, crazy because those bikes are so fast and, I mean, basically, you you buy one. They say you just buy them and build them a little bit. But then when I hear you guys are spending like ten grand building the motor, it's like it's almost like sounds impossible, and you don't make any money. Like you're out there racing for no money on the 450. I I don't I don't understand how they do it. I mean, at least back when we were riding, you know, racing, we could make fifteen hundred dollars for lap. You know what I mean? And yeah. and then you always got your show up fee of two fifty or three hundred, you know what I mean? So it it was a lot better. I don't know how these guys can even get to every race. I really don't because 
it just seems tough anymore. And there's no money out there. It's like pulling teeth to get money to where we could get money from everybody back in the day. I mean, I could raise a hundred grand before the season started just from my own pocket. And then, you know, then your ride, you had your ride. There were so many more rides out there and you didn't have to pay for them. Um, it was just totally different. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like too professional for like an average ma and pa shop to get involved, but it's like not professional enough to get like a sponsor like Coca Cola or something. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that fine line where it's the the companies don't know if they should get involved or what. It's yeah, it, it's a weird deal, man. It's definitely different, and I like to kind of ask that question for people that uh, just raced in different eras and watch the sport and stuff like that but um our last segment we like to do it's called the higher low line we give you two two uh two possibilities and you pick one answer and uh give us a sentence on why you, ch- you chose that answer but this one you kind of touched upon it already but i'm going to ask it anyway you have to go win the season finale 883 class to win the championship who's 883 are you picking maroonies or lima harley Lima Harley. Why, why is that? Yeah, uh, I believe was the mechanic, and that guy, I mean, he was insane. He was, he died for that sport. I mean, he was the man that I never had a bike so nice in my life. Um, like, and they just, they went out of their way every weekend. It was great. I mean, don't get me wrong, Weimers were fast, but. You know, you could do when we started with Weimer, they weren't, you weren't allowed to do nothing. By the time I started riding for Lima, you could do a lot of work to them, you know, and whatever else they did, you don't know because no one told you. They just put you on the bike and told you to ride. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. I got one for you since, I mean, since you rode two of the most iconic, you know, motorcycles of the sport ever the, the Honda RS750 or the XR750? Honda. All the way. Um, it was it thing. The thing handled better. It had way more torque. It was. It was just everything about it was. It was lighter. I mean, it just handled better. It was. It, there was no comparison for me. And I. I mean, I liked the Harley, but I, I mean, they just didn't. I just couldn't get them around the track like I could the Honda. Okay. Man, I wish I rode the Honda. <laughs> I never got to ride one. Um, probably can't find one now, but yeah. Uh, iconic Air, Car Parker. Who are you picking? Mm, man, I'm gonna have to take Parker. I mean, okay. I like them both, but Parker was the man. Plus, yeah. he celebrated better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you got a good point there. <laughs> wasn't a bar safe after a race when Parker won it. <laughs> oh, that guy was out of control. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. Well, all right. So here, here's just an off-the-wall one. Uh, would you rather look 15 years older from the neck up or from the neck down? I'm going to have to go with the neck up. Why is that? Because I want my packages to still work, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want it to work a little bit longer. Yeah. Hey, you can't argue with that answer. That's a good one. All right, you got it. It's going to be a cold day in hell when that thing quits working on you, Scott. I know. I'm in trouble. 
<laughs> All right, you got to pick a tuner, man. You got, you know, the best bikes, good program, unlimited budget to hire a tuner. Who are you picking? Kenny Tolbert or Bill Werner? Kenny Tolbert. Yeah, no doubt. Bill Werner is always a dick and still is a dick, so. Amen. <laughs> He'll never I change. I agree. Uh, <laughs> that's good, man. All right. Um, would, you, would you rather drive a top fuel dragster? Or do like one of those uh, like land speed records, like crazy 400 mile an hour motorcycles at Bonneville. I really do Bonneville. I really go fast like that and do that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I never got into the salt flat thing, but I guess it's I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah, but I mean, you go that, get on drag, go that. In a drag. You go, you're done in six seconds. What the hell? Oh, yeah. I mean, this or that question for sure, Bonneville. I mean, drag drag racing doesn't do it for me. I never understood it. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I got one more for you, man. You're in New Jersey now. You grew up in Ohio. What are you picking? New Jersey, Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Got to stay true to his roots, man. Yeah, I mean, Ohio was a shit. We had... 75 pea gravel tracks. You know what I mean? We yeah, have, and there's, there's none left either. Well, there is, but there's nothing in Jersey. No, Absolutely yeah. <laughs> there is shit in Jersey. <laughs> you got Jersey. Price, Jake Johnson. <laughs> What's that doing? There's no tracks here. Yeah, you get to hang out with Georgie Price every, every little bit here and there. Listen, I work with little Georgie. That is enough for anybody. <laughs> it can't be that bad. Oh man, you have no idea. I'll tell you right now. You just you got to spend one day with him, and then you'll understand. I feel sorry for his mom and dad. Lay it on us. I know little Georgie listens to this show, so go go ahead, lay it on thick. Uh, Georgie's just special. I mean, you just got to take it for what it is. I mean. I got him hooked on phonics and it didn't help, so I don't know what else to do for him. Like he's a special kid. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's too much. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, man. It was it was a lot of fun. There's some good stories. I know there's tons of good Pegram stump stories that you didn't touch upon. You probably can't really tell, but we'll have to get you back yeah. on and. <laughs> Yeah, someone would have to not be on there, probably because I feel sorry for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean he'd probably, probably be in trouble because he was really bad as a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He's like, my wife was a little mad at me for all the all the stories I, you know, I, that we charmed the women's pants off. I was like, yeah, dude, I don't know. You said it, not me. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but we, like, yeah, he was bad. He was definitely a player. <laughs> Hey, uh, real yeah. quick, real quick, Scott, man, I, I got to bring this up. This is this is another legendary story, real quick. And uh, I heard about uh, one time you were again with Big Tom McGrain. You were driving out, and he had worked all day, and you guys were driving out somewhere I don't know where. And uh, you, you and Tuck and little little Tommy uh, changed the clocks. I guess those guys fell asleep in the back, right? And then. They were asleep for about 20 minutes. You guys pulled over, gassed up, and then changed the clocks on the van three hours? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't want to drive. Like, I didn't want to drive. And I was like, man, we're going to Springfield. I don't like driving. And Tommy ain't no help because he wanted to sleep, too. So I was like, 
I said, what we'll do is we'll drive just up to the next exit. I said, we'll let them fall asleep, and we'll go one more exit, and I'll just spin the clock ahead three hours, and then we'll pull, act like we've filled up and act like we're tired. I said, because once we do that, he'll be like, oh, man, I got to drive. I can't let him drive no more. So so he, uh, we pulled in the gas station. I put in, like, maybe five bucks. I don't think it was that much. And got out, and I turned the clocks ahead, and we were like, oh, man, we got to wake him up. I was like, Tom, you got to get up and drive. And him, him and Faffy were in the back. I think they were actually hugging. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so, so they get up, and both of them are bitching, like, oh, we didn't even fall asleep long. This is bullshit. I'm like, dude, I'm beat. Like, that was a full tank of gas. So they, Tom just jumps behind the wheel. Faffy gets up front. They're driving down the road, and, like, 35 minutes later, I guess the radio is like, you know, it says, yeah, it's 3.20 in the morning. And here we have it at 6.20. So, so they said, what? And then they they looked, and then they looked at, you know, whatever, the watch or something. And they're like, damn, they freaked out. Tom freaked out. He pulled over. He's going to beat my ass. He was so mad. <laughs> That's so good. That's, that's a legendary that's story. That's you couldn't good, do it man. now because everyone's iPhones. You know what I mean? Like, everybody... Yeah. Dude, back then you could do so much more shit that's gold that's awesome yeah because we didn't have phones back then we had a pager maybe you know what i mean that was it that's so good i never heard that one either that's a good yeah. one man you got <laughs> that, that that's if that's book worthy man that 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 needs to make like you know the wild dirt track tales man that that could make the book yeah there's there's like there was a lot of them because i traveled with Traveled so many people. There's so many stories. Like, dude, these guys were crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> these guys are crazy, says Scott Stump. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, dude, like I said, I appreciate coming on the show. You're you're a legend. I don't like to. I don't want to fill your head up too big, but I was telling everybody that you were a, a hell of a rider, and you still get around pretty damn good. And you do a lot of good things for the kids and stuff. And, yeah, man, it's just good to chat with you. And, like I said, we'll get you on again and hopefully see you at your race here soon, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, I'll be uh, – like you said, I'm going uh, – I didn't ride for, like, six months. I just rode last weekend for the first time um, at Mini GP and um, came out of my semi-retirement. You know, Love lost it. a lot of weight, went back and whooped everybody's ass, did my best times ever. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was i only did it to, i was trying to beat the kids that ride for me the cunningham twins but they got a little fast since since last year so now i gotta chase them a little bit if it rains i'll whoop their ass but otherwise i don't think i'm beating them gotta step up your program man yeah i want to get you a flat track race soon dude i've been talking about it with you just get you get you i need some motivation from scott dude i i think like my first ever podium scott was texting me that day like Yo, you bastard! You got this. You, you're gonna podium. I'm like, I don't know, man. I've I've never finished in the top seven, but <laughs> and then I went out and, and then I went out and podium. So yeah, but you're like fucking negative Nancy at the track. You got. <laughs> I always tell you, you just gotta stop and ride. You yeah. Can't worry about nothing. I know, dude. If it was that easy, I'd probably won a lot more races than I won. You just quit but... fucking worrying. Turn the throttle. That's all. <laughs> Dude, call me. Call me on race day, dude. I'll send you a, I'll send you a check for the motivational speeches, dude. I can't because your 
your wife will find out that I'm talking to you and her at the same time, so you'll, you'll get all mad. <laughs> There's the Scott stuff. Oh, you know. there he is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right dude well <laughs> on that note i'll i'll check in with you here soon man it was good chatting and i uh, appreciate you coming on the show <laughs> all right buddy all, all right, right man. <laughs> see you later take it easy man all right i'll see you bud all right later later scott stump man T- total legend honestly i mean if you get a chance to chat with that guy and he, I don't think he fully opened up either. I think, I think if he fully opened up, we would have had to do a lot more editing. But uh, yeah, super cool guy, a two-time champion. I mean, he, he won two eighty-three championships, uh, eleven years apart. I mean, that's crazy, honestly, to think about. And beat some really good guys in that class. He was a very, very good eighty-three rider. He got fourth on a twin. I, I never even known he, he got top five. You know, that's phenomenal. So yeah, it says a lot about the guy. And he put some um, some wild motorcycles in main events. I think he put the Lloyd Brothers Aprilia in the main event at Springfield. So, I mean, yeah, he, he, he was an accomplished guy. And, and, yeah, no doubt about that. Wasn't long ago he jumped on the, the Ducati, I think. It was like four or five years ago. And the Pro Twins class, I think he finished on the podium or top five. Oh, like, yeah, he did, right? Yeah, yeah he was yeah. like, like – how old is he? He's like, he's got, he had to be in his mid to late forties and he jumped on a random bike yeah, he and did. he like led his heat race for a while. Like, did yeah, he yeah, win that his guy, heat race? He, I think he, 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 he did very well. On it. I know yeah. he led it for sure. You're right. Yeah. He led it. I think Dude, he, he's the OG hooligan. Like if you put him on a hooligan bike, oh my God, they're so screwed. Like that guy is... He, He's going, like, he's going to the front. Uh, like, the hooligan bikes now are better than the 883 that Scott won the championship on back in the day. Like, that you can do more shit to the hooligan bikes, which he's is crazy. He's missing his calling, man. He's missing his calling. He should be, he should be, uh, he should be out there in the hooligan deal. Well, on this show, we want to check in with a guy we've talked about on the show a little bit. He was at the, uh, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. His name is Preston Burroughs. He's a very polarizing guy. He's... He's done a lot of uh, video work, photo work for oh, Rolling Sands, different different motorcycling companies. I think he's done some stuff for Indian motorcycle, things like that, different commercial ads and stuff like that. But he's honestly, he's, an, he's hilarious. Uh, I don't even know how to say it, but the guy's very, very funny. And we want to check in with him, get some insight. I wasn't at Sturgis this year. I'm bummed, super bummed about it. I love that. I love that rally and that trip. Um Let's call Preston. Let's get some insider. Maybe shield your ears if you're, if you, you know, not, not totally, you know, baby ears, shield your ears. But yeah, we're, let's call Preston. Let's get some insight from the guy and uh, and see how Sturgis went. Yeah, tuck the kids away. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! This was today, dude. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm actually, I'm currently fucking belly up at the fucking bar, dude. Oh, shoot. I, I thought yeah. that was yesterday. Every day, dude. We party <laughs> over here. What are you, what are you, what are you knocking back? Sugar-free Red Bull vodka, dude. That's like the champion drink, bro. Sugar-free. <laughs> it it's, still, it's still bikini season, I guess. Oh, it is. Yeah. Always, dude. A lot, like like know, a lot of guys don't know. 
A lot of guys don't know Preston Burrows, man. Well, who the hell are you, dude? And <laughs> what's oh, your story? Fuck, dude. How long you got? <laughs> uh, got story, a little bit. Story has it. I don't know, man. I, I was hoping you guys could tell me, man. I was, ho I was I hoping know. for the elevator pitch, you know, like, you know, just a quick, who is this guy? Because I tell you what, man, I, I, I know you because of Corey and Instagram and your Sturgis trip. And it's like, check this guy out. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, let me, let me hop on Insta real quick. And I was like, I mean, holy shit, this is the guy I want to go to Sturgis with. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Sturgis gets funner every year. I mean, I guess like the quick pitch is like, I, I used to stand up comedy. Did that for a few years. I shot for Playboy for a while. Shot for Harley, Indian, Ducati, fucking all, all the big brands. What I shoot a lot of Rollins races. What? <laughs> well, uh, Playboy, I, I did a little bit of both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I have uh, a lot of fun, and people uh, fucking pay me to do it now. <laughs> it's a great fucking time. Travel around the country shooting the Super Hooligans race, and that's like dangerous. <laughs> I have a lot of fun and get paid to do it. It's great. So there's my elevator pitch, dude. There's my floor. I gotta get off right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was Sturgis like, man? I mean, I, it, I, this is the first year I haven't been out there in a while with all the all the crap going on and just no races out there. What was it? What was it like, man? I saw you guys had a limo. Was it? Was there? Did you, did you go to any races, or were you just partying all the time? I did not go to a single race, dude. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, we were fucking holding it wide, partying the whole fucking, the whole time, dude. Uh, I was just talking about it, dude. It was like a time machine. It was like we were back in 2019, because there wasn't a mask anywhere, wide open. Nobody talked about COVID. It was like it didn't exist. All the bars were wide open. Every, it was it was sick, dude. It was like I didn't want to leave because I knew I had to go back into the COVID city. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was, it's been rough getting used to it, dude. Corey's uh, currently wiping off his microphone right now with sanitation wipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you escaped COVID-free, too, right? You, like, partied all yeah, weekend. Dude, and nothing and we were kind of being sarcastic about it we every single person shared a drink just to prove that like no one's gonna catch it you know we we're sharing ice cream cones like <laughs> women you know we we're sharing everything debunked like all right i mean if you don't get it after all that then golly i mean i think you're good dude yeah i think we're solid man i mean <laughs> <laughs> so you listen to the show right like what's your what's been your favorite uh tank slapping show so far uh, um i don't know bobby Fonz was pretty cool frankie garcia um uh, yeah this i mean one? i like the younger this guys one? i like the older dudes what's up this one this is this one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i i dig them man I, I listened to like three of them on the way to sturgis they were sick Nice. Uh, so Johnny Murphy, right? Yeah, oh Murphy's yeah, that, that's Murphy's classic, man. That guy's you, yeah, you can't dude. listen to him without like having a smile and cracking up, man. It's just all the energy. Cali yeah. boys, man. He's naming naming <laughs> off all the California boys. I, like I know. <laughs> I know I'm I'm currently in Florida and they just keep making fun of how California I am. Dude. I'm like, oh shit, I can't get rid of it. Dude. It follows <laughs> you gotta, 
You got to go get a Tommy Bahama shirt. <laughs> Dude, I got like six of them, bro. I got the Tom Selleck shirt that he wore in Magnum P.I. <laughs> oh, man. You need corduroy shorts now. Now you need, now you need corduroy shorts. Oh, I got those too, dude. I, man, this I'm guy's on it. Part. I tuck, I tuck my you... shirt in. It's just, it's a look for sure. Are you from SoCal originally? Is is that where you're from? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. grew up on a horse ranch in Chino. All right. And, uh, my dad was a professional funny car racer growing up, so... We uh, huh. we lived pretty loose, dude. To be honest, <laughs> dude was a psychopath. <laughs> you gotta be. That's why I got that into one of those things, dude. I, I tell you what, yeah, I, many... drag racing those. I yeah. mean, I went to my first top fuel. I mean, as I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I didn't go to my first top fuel race until I came back to Pennsylvania, and uh, I was like. Holy shit! And whole new respect for what those guys do. That anybody that's gonna strap into one of those, like, you gotta carry your balls around in a wheelbarrow. Those guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then what's funny? He had a real big get off and got fired from the team because he crashed, totaled the car. And then uh, my mom was like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta pick something safer, man. This shit is dangerous." But then he started racing boats, and <laughs> way more dangerous, dude. Yeah. Way more dangerous. Almost, dude, almost lost his leg. He's like dude. lost his finger. He's like just pieced together with race. Watching <laughs> boat racing is literally the scariest thing ever. Like they just take off. Like it's like, and there's no explanation for why they crash. Like they just catch wind and just fucking <laughs> yeah it's like the wind was a little heavier that run and they're done dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah bet yeah. the farm on that you know i what? don't like water to begin with so you just slapped right. me hard with that one because i was like yeah yeah like you know funny car top fuel guys those guys are no joke then you slap the boat race and i'm like wait a second those guys are no joke <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my pops ain't no joke, dude. That guy's, he's the cowboys that come, too, man. He's like, he's funny because he grew up in SoCal, but his his family's from Arkansas, so he's got, like, this weird, funny accent that, like, is hilarious. He almost yells all the time. Like, he just doesn't talk normal. He's just all excited all the time because he's used to that just <laughs> rev up. <laughs> what do you, like uh... Earnhardt. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say Arkansas. Arkansas mixed with California—that's pretty unique. Uh, what? Uh, we got Springfield this weekend, man, with the AFT series. What? Do you follow the AFT stuff, and what, if you do, what? Are you, what are your thoughts on the Springfield? Are you kind of who you picking? Dude, I don't know, man. I haven't even. I I thought you guys quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to see you guys in Sturgis, dude. I hit everybody up. I'm like, yo, you guys in Sturgis? Cause uh, I swear there's still there's still a freaking billboard on the way into Sturgis that says AFT. You know, it's like, dude, <laughs> are these guys lying to me? They don't want to hang out or something? Everyone said they're going. So I haven't really been following it to be to be completely honest. But you I like bad. the wild cards, dude. I like I, I pick Carver over anybody. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know if he's, he's not racing Springfield, is he? Yeah, he's yeah. racing it. Yeah, yeah. You definitely aren't following oh, it, dude. Sick. He caught up, bro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like it. I like it. So what's the next thing we're going to be able to follow, man? What's your next crazy, like, Sturgis-like trip? What do you got lined up coming up in the oh, near future? Dude. Oh, you guys are going to be – I don't know if this this podcast, how quick you guys put them out, but 
East Coastin block party, dude. If you thought Sturgis was wild, the East Coastin is so gnarly. They, <laughs> they're in New Haven, Connecticut, right? And they, they have this huge area under a freeway overpass. And they've been doing it for five years. And, like, somehow the cops haven't broke it up. Like, they, they actually, the cops are sitting there just letting them do it. They do burnouts and wheelies and blow up fireworks. And like, it's in New Haven, Connecticut. Never yeah, heard of it. East Coastin' boys. I don't know if you ever heard of, like, the East Coastin' guys. They're, like, two wheelies on Harleys. And the one kid, Gabe, his name's, like, Reckless203 on Instagram. Kid did, like, two months in jail for being so crazy, dude. Because he doesn't ride with a helmet, and he does these crazy wheelie burnouts down the road. Well, in his court case, they brought up his Instagram, and they charged him with 36 counts of reckless endangerment because his face was, like, on the video, dude. <laughs> and he's, like, the ringleader of all of it. So, like, all the guys are is equally as crazy. They, they bought a church right there, and that's, like, their clubhouse. And, like, it's just nuts. I've never gotten to go because it's always during Burning Man. But this year, Burning this Man weekend, got canceled some yeah, it's just Saturday, so we're gonna post name. this tomorrow. We're posting this tomorrow, bro. So you, we'll, oh, yeah, we'll definitely. Stories are gonna be lit. Shout out yeah. your Instagram for everybody. It's just Preston Burrows, P R E S T O N B U R R O U G H S. It's a long one, but it's my full name. It usually pops up. You just just do Preston B U. We'll share a couple of your uh, PG-13 rated <laughs> stories on the pod page. And yeah, I, I think that one will be pretty PG-13. It's going to be more like reckless stuff than like Sturgis stuff, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I got in trouble. My mom told me to clean it up a little bit. So, I mean, <laughs> my mom's, she's my like, mom yells at me. She's like, how are you going to find a wife? If you're posting that stuff, you know, clean it up. <laughs> well, you find multiple ones, a couple of them. Hey, dude, I fall in love every year at Sturgis. Everybody makes fun of me, but I definitely found a contender for that married life, dude. I'm actually out oh. here in Florida visiting her right now. Oh, what? Hey, good thing Sturgis isn't in Vegas. Can you imagine how many weddings there would be? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, dude. Hey, for real, bro. For real. I actually, I want to talk about that. Like, let's talk about your, like, what you do. What has your career been like in like the race world, as far as like what all have you been involved with? Like, you work with Rolling Sands. You've done other edits for different people. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I actually started off in the snowboard world. I shot a lot of snowboarding for years, and then I kind of, I would have the summers off, and I'd shoot. I always shot motorcycle stuff from back in the day, but then I started getting more professional gigs in the summer and then those were paying more than my snowboard gigs all winter so then i just one year i just quit i was actually shooting all the rusty butcher stuff uh when he first first started i shot all his like how-to videos and then we started the tracker tuesday thing together where he would ride like a harley on a moto track we're doing that every week and then that blew up i i met roland he started the super hooligan series i started doing that and, uh, yeah, I shoot a lot of the Moto Geo, well, most of the Moto Geo shows. I don't know if you guys watch those, but it has, like, a travel show. So we go to yeah, Thailand. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we go all over the world filming that. And he's, like, really in with a bunch of different brands. So we'll shoot for, like, Ducati and BMW and Moto Guzzi and all kinds of different brands. And then Roland uh, really 
connects me with big brands too. Like I shoot a lot of BMW stuff for him, Indian, some Harley stuff. So I've gotten away from editing a little bit because all these guys have like full-time editors and it's kind of nice. I can just hand the footage off and then I get to like watch the video, almost like a new video I've never seen before. But then for Sturgis, I, I like, I didn't really like how they, the people edited my video. So I kind of got back into editing a little bit and then I got hired this week to shoot and edit this crazy party thing. So kind of, kind of starting to like it again. I took like two years off from editing and now I'm like kind of miss it. So kind of starting to do it again, but done a lot of photo stuff too, but I'm kind of getting away from the photo stuff. I've done some ads for Indian and some ads for a couple other brands. Um, but it's kind of boring now to be completely honest. Like the photo things is like, a little boring. I like the video stuff, getting in people's faces and almost getting hit by bikes and you know, <laughs> breaking lenses and all that weird stuff that makes great video. Yeah. Well, I, dude, yeah. honestly, I, I like I like I like your shit. I like what you got going on. We gotta have you on like more, at least once a month. Oh, like I'm we'll down. do like a check in. I'm down. You know, yeah, I can talk your head off. You just have to probably edit a lot of it down. <laughs> uh, we don't edit it's too much unless. Okay. We don't edit much, honestly, unless it's like putting somebody on the spot. Then we'll then we'll we'll, we'll drop yeah. a, a a slight edit. But yeah, dude, we let it roll yeah, pretty much. But uh, that's what Sideburn had to start. I started writing for Sideburn, and they oh, that was a good. Putting, that was good. <laughs> yeah, they started putting out a disclaimer because it was pretty roasty, and he would edit it down a little bit because I was pretty. I just say some weird shit off the top of the head, but he wants me to do a Sturgis edit. I don't know if he's or a Sturgis article. I don't know if he's like ready for it because. <laughs> I mean, the real story, I, like, I don't even know how I could, like, say it. You know what I mean? Like, all the crazy shit that we did in Sturgis. Like, <laughs> we were with all those East Coasting dudes, and they get rowdy, dude. Like, there's, like, a 20-on-20 20 20 fight in the camp area. And, like, you guys have been to Buffalo Chip. They have, like, oh, yeah. private security. And they're like cowboys from Montana. They're no jokes. You know what I mean? They'll like hogtie you <laughs> if you get rowdy. Well, they couldn't do nothing to the East Coast and boys. Like these guys run from cops all day, every day. That's what they do for fun. You know what I mean? So these like cowboys are coming up trying to rope them. And these dudes are doing fucking burnouts around them, dipping out, doing a wheelie down the street. Then they'll come back, toy with them a little bit again, dip out. And these cowboys <laughs> are getting so pissed, dude. They started chaining up these guys' bikes like – and it was funny because I was like, man, this is like the 2020 Cowboy West shit. You know what I mean? Like, like back in the day, they'd go shoot your horse so you couldn't get away. And now they're like, hey, you know? <laughs> it was, well, it's not that's it not was, the run of the mill biker that they're used to like dealing with. It is actually somebody that right. like, knows how to ride. Doesn't have a fat boy that just like cruises around with saddlebags and shit. Like they can actually rip around. That's bad. Dude, and that's what I love. I like I've been telling everybody. I'm like, like some of my friends back home kind of make fun of me for going to Sturgis. Cause like I hang out with like some hoity toity, like LA dudes, you know? And they're like, why do you want to go there? dude?" They just have like the worst image of Sturgis. And I'm like, dude, it's the only event of the year that gets better every time I go. Like it just gets better and better and better. You know what I mean? But I'm seeing like a, a surge of like young kids come in, like all the Dyna kids. And now like, oh, yeah. there's a group of young kids and it's like getting really fun. Like, I don't know if, like, everyone in Sturgis likes it the way it's, like, kind of going, but, like, it's getting rowdier, like, way back in the day. 
like all the cool stories I hear from the old guys. You know what I mean? It's like coming back yeah. to that rowdy again. You know, <laughs> it's fun. I love it. <laughs> Badass. Yeah, we'll, we're gonna drop this tomorrow, so we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll follow your shit from the for this weekend and just sit back and enjoy yeah. the. Enjoy the vids, man. We we love the Sturgis stuff. We were talking about it. We had to have you on, dude. And like I said, we're gonna ring you back maybe in the next week or two and uh, get a check in and see what's good. Okay, sick. Cool, yeah, man. And I love talking with you guys. You guys are nah, it was so, so yeah, much fun, dude. We had a blast. <laughs> and and whenever I figure out a name for my podcast, I'll release that, and that'll be dude. Uh, let us know. Scary. Yeah, yeah. I think you got a, sure. a couple of good choices, uh, options at least from this we show. Start. We got a running start. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. You did. Yeah, I, I, I got to shout you guys out when we first dropped it. Like, <laughs> came up with the name. I'm take slapping for sure. <laughs> Word, man. All right, we'll, we'll check in with you soon. Anytime dude. you guys want to brainstorm, hit me up. <laughs> for sure. All right, bro. Later. Right. <laughs> See ya. That no, was Preston Burrs, man. What uh holy shit. Uh that one's quite <laughs> quite I don't even know what what we can use from that interview, but that was epic. It was good, man. I mean, that was that was gold. Uh that guy, you know, like I said, uh he he lived up to his to his Instagram stories. Like I I don't know the guy much other than uh, like I said following him through uh Sturgis Bike Week on his Instagram stories and uh that guy seems like he's the real deal. He's the same uh probably every time you talk to him or see him. Totally. Awesome awesome interview. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that was an insane show. Like, absolutely insane. Half the shit we can't even put on here. We're definitely going to have to edit a lot of it out. But, um, yeah, I just definitely want to um, shout out our sponsors real fast. You know, they do a lot to get this, keep the show going. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do this. We wouldn't have the time or resources to make it happen. So I want to thank Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com. Check out their full line of products. Commercial Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. CommercialRoofSystems.net, nearly 40 years of experience. Big thank you to Jerry Stinchfield. He's the man. He does a lot for the sport. We appreciate him. Dunlop Tires, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series. Um, check out DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. And then also we have some races on the race calendar. Sammy, you want to touch upon them? Uh, first one's in Illinois, uh, Central Illinois Motorcycle Club. They're having a race this weekend, a doubleheader. Uh, and uh, Illinois, ET. And uh, the cool thing about that, and I don't know how they got away with this, but uh, it used to be an oil track back in the day, and then environmental reasons it had to go away. And somehow, some way, they're legally allowed to make that place an oil track again. So that's pretty cool. I think they're probably the only oil track in the nation. Uh, they're having a doubleheader uh, this weekend, uh, September 6th and 7th. And basically, although they call it a TT, it's it's kind of like a half-mile scrambles track, I guess, with an oil surface. They have free camping. Uh, they're going to have a $2,500 hooligan purse on Sunday and then a big purse for a lot of classes on Monday uh, if you're on your way back from Springfield. I know they got $1,000 for the pro class. They have like 500 bucks for the vintage class. And then something really cool, they have a $500 scholarship fund uh, for the uh, 85cc winner. Uh, more info on Facebook at Central Illinois Motorcycle Club. And uh, 
they told me uh, that when you type in Central Illinois Motorcycle Club, it has to be all caps. Yeah, um, I've heard a lot of cool things about that track, so I'd like to be out there someday. But Roger that. Check these racetracks out. Support them. There's not a lot going on, so make sure you go out there and spin laps. Support the local racetracks. They make it happen. So, yeah, that's about all, man. It's been a, a, a super packed show. Um, yeah. I did want to touch upon one one thing that it was dropped on Off the Groove, which is another podcast, that there was a protest in the production Twins, and it was um, it was a rider from Pennsylvania. I'm not going to say any names, but it wasn't me. So <laughs> I've been getting a lot of texts and emails and calls saying, hey, I heard you protest. And it's like, no, I didn't. And to be fair, it's it's okay. It's it's part of racing. People protest. It's it's the right of the riders to do it. It was not CTEX, though. Like, I didn't protest. I, Which you would think it was me because I got second, but – um, I needed to do a hell of a lot more than what I did, um, you know. So it 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 was it wasn't me, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna mention any names because I it's supposed to be a, a kind of a non-public thing, but I was getting a lot of texts, so I just wanted to drop that sweetheart on the show and let you guys know it wasn't me. So. I, I've been getting a lot of texts about that too, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna say that. I didn't partake in any protest personally. Uh, and who it, cares? Get over it. Like, it's yeah, part of so, racing. Like, whatever. Like, if I've got protest, I mean, it keeps you on your toes. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, he won by 12 seconds. Like, I, I knew he just, he just kicked my ass. Um, so, I, for that point of it, it was kind of like, all right, I, I need to do more. So, it, it's whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's, uh, um, it's one of them things that, it happens in racing, and yeah, it's gonna happen more. <laughs> I'm not, not not saying like in that class or whatever, but it's always gonna be in a part of racing. Cause if not, people are gonna break the rules. Like you know, they, they don't think they're gonna get caught. So um, yeah, it wasn't me. It's all done and over with. He was, everyone was legal. It's not a big deal. So moving along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moving um... along. I just I don't I just want to get the racing, man. I care less about any of that shit. I I don't. There's a lot, lot left race, a lot more racing left for this season, and I, um, I didn't like the weekend off. I want to get back to the track and get racing. I, I don't, I'm, want to, want to just go out and race. So we got Springfield coming up in a few days. I'm excited. I, I think uh, should be good racing in all, all the classes. I, you know, I, I feel like uh, I learned a lot about my bikes in Indy. Um, getting more comfortable on them each time. So I, I'm just excited to uh, get back out there and, and. Uh, keep digging so should be good appreciate you guys for listening uh that's all i got sam anything anything on your end see you guys in springfield springfield Illinois, best place in the world catch you guys there peace see ya